Hello there. Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. How are you? I hope you've been having a good week. I had some spring-like weather here in the west of England in Cheltenham. Just going a bit clouded over today. A little bit chilly, actually, but spring is in the air. The restrictions are easing imminently, we believe. I think you can get an outdoor pint of beer next month, which will be, be good to look forward to that. Thank you for hitting on the button. Do hope you're well. Thank you to the sponsors, as ever, Bagn Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Check out B&O Cheltenham on Twitter and Instagram, the latest videos of the Bagn Olufsen speakers, so on and so forth, the equipment you can get. But remember, through that sister company run by Jason Briggs and his team, Serene AV, they can get you all manner of equipment as well, different types of uh, of products and home entertainment solutions in terms of things like big screens, that kind of stuff. I know he's working on an installation at the moment. Jason sent me some pictures. looks really cool, quite local to me in the heart of Cheltenham here in uh, here in the Cotswolds, or the Cat, this is always a contentious one here. James Golden, who's a regular guest in the podcast, always says that Cheltenham's not technically in the Cotswolds, whereas I believe it is. I think it's called a centre for the Cotswolds, the historic kind of uh, band of, of Middle England. And when you enter it on the, the road signs there. So, anyway, let's uh, move on. But Bangalore and Cheltenham, thank you for their support. Really appreciate it coming up to the year mark. Also, really enjoy. And I'm grateful for the official relationship now with Cytoplan, food-based supplement company based not far from here in Hanley Swan. As you approach Malvern, those big hills in the west of England, uh, picturesque scene there in Hanley with the pond and the trees around it. But Cytoplan is a food-based supplement company whereby the supplements are absorbed into the system as food would be, hence the sort of food-based supplement terminology. My father's been working as a consultant for Cytoplan. We used to live in Malvern, actually. Uh, for the past 20 years or so now, maybe more. Uh, so the name is Cytoplan, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N, my father being a micronutritionist as well as a, a general practitioner, doctor, used to be an anesthetist or an anesthesiologist, you would call it in the States, but very much being consumed for second half of his professional career by the concept of trace elements, micronutrition in particular, not just a macronutrition breakdown of carbohydrates, fat, that kind of stuff, but really the, the sort of vitamins, particularly selenium and zinc and some of those trace elements in the soil have, have been a fascination for him and the sense that the soil samples suggest. And they've been diminishing, actually, the amount of times they're sampling soil, in the UK at least. Um, but tr- selenium and zinc, things like that, have been going down in, since the industrial farming age and mass industrial farming and the, so maybe overcrop rotation as well. So it's, it's interesting stuff. But we take a supplement called Immune Complete, a multivitamin, vitamin you might call it if you're in the states or australia uh, from cytoplan which covers everything like selenium and zinc but also vitamin d as uh, we wait for the summer sunshine to hit us so we our skins um but it's got a whole raft of things in there as well vitamin a vitamin b vitamin b12 crucially if you're following a vegan diet they are vegan friendly supplements as well but if you go to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk and you can use my discount code which is 30% up front, I believe, then 10% thereafter every time you use it. And that code is DRAPER10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. Right, onto the podcast. Really appreciate this man's time. Really good to get his insight. Another disciple, if you like, of Brendan Ingalls Boxing Gym up in Sheffield, but a man really forging a fantastic reputation for himself as an analyst, but more importantly, a trainer has worked with world champions like Jamie McDonnell and Tony Bellew, had that magical summer evening with Tony Bellew back in 2016, coming up for five years, actually, when Bellew, um, who'd had such a, a challenging time at light heavy, he'd lost world, high, world title challenges twice, then uh, came overcame Alunga Makabu in front of um, fans at his Goodison Park, his beloved Goodison Park as an Everton fan. And Dave Coldwell was a trainer, and he's got a, an exciting bunch of of trainers of fighters now including jordan gill and uh, he's a fascinating insight actually in terms of a man who talks about the importance of mindset mentality and our mutual friend spencer Firon gets a good mention here as a catalyst for dave's reinvention and, and discovering confidence actually a former boxer himself said he lacks self-belief because of uh, his childhood experiences i think a lot of us can empathize sometimes with that and we carry that vulnerability with us but he's um, a real go-getter, a real constructive person with lots of good insight into life and sport. So here he is, the one and only Dave Coldwell. 
Dave Coldwell, welcome to the podcast. Really appreciate your time, sir. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you, mate. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be on. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's great for Fred Mellor to connect us. I should have uh, reached out before, yeah. but we've obviously spoken on podcasts before when I was doing the ringside toe-to-toe boxing one at Sky with with Spencer Fear on. It's, it's just a nice format to to have a chat. And you were just saying to me, actually, that you've just gotten into podcasts in the last few months. <laughs> Yeah, like I say, like I said to you, you know, before I would, I would always be uh, just listening to music, 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 uh, training on a bike, whatever, you know, wh- whatever you're doing, just knocking about, uh, listening to music. Now I've switched that to where I'm, I'm just listening to podcasts. You know, if yeah. I have to drive to London, uh, I stick a couple of podcasts on, and and I, it's just about uh, learning and developing the mind and and. You know, I like to listen to successful people, I like to listen to people that have started from scratch and whatever field that might be. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not just sports podcasts that I listen to. It's, it's quite a, a wide range of, of people that I, I'm interested in how the, you know, how they achieve what they achieve. So um, I do a lot of podcasts now. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose as a, as a mentor, a trainer, as a coach, you're always thinking about that, aren't you? And how you can not only develop yourself, but I suppose develop those around you. Your, tr- your fighters and your kids as well. We're talking about the challenges of the, the past year with lockdown and everything and how we, we keep them motivated and, and happy. Yeah, I think, do you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is, is it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you get, you've always got scope to learn and to improve yourself. And, and I feel as I'm getting older, I mean, I'm 45 now, Mm. um as i'm getting older great. i just want <laughs> <laughs> thank you cheers <laughs> i work hard at it yes I know. Um, as as i am um, as i'm getting older i just want to get better and better and better and i just want i think when you're younger yes even even if you you know you're going to sport or whatever it is you may do that's away from the norm you know whether it's your mm. entrepreneur or whatever you yes you want to be the best yes you want to be as as great as you can be but maybe you, your mind's not quite as open as what it becomes as you get older, because as you get older, you understand about failures, you understand about, about knockbacks, setbacks, and how things don't always run so smooth. And yeah. so maybe you're looking to other people that, have, that can educate you, and you're more willing to take on um, other ideas from other people. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm fascinated. It doesn't have to be sport. I'm fascinated by listening to people that have, have mm. made a success of their lives, um, how they do things. And also, it's nice as well when you hear people that are successful, that they've had the same sort of philosophy of what you've done and how you've led your life, how you've um, tackled things and, and how you've built your, you know, your career yourselves, that they do the same sort of thing. You think, oh, right, okay, yeah, that it just make, it just just reaffirms what you know what what you know and what you feel yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think it's it's interesting how you you find people experiencing similar similar sort of transitions in life. Because I remember I felt that when I was in my sort of teens and twenties, there's a sort of natural momentum to life. You went through school, university, you got jobs, and you're always growing and learning. I think physically, obviously, yeah. you get you're still fresh. You're still uh, growing as a, a as a man in, in your twenties, but then in your thirties, it feels like maybe you just find a plateau, and then you have to yeah. of, you make a conscious decision to go out and seek and, and learn. And a part of that for me was setting up the podcast. Actually, speaking to people like you is is really part of that process. But it's interesting because I was talking to my dad after I became a dad, and different mm. challenges and, and what your mo- what your main motivation was was it helping out with the baby? Was it providing and, and feeling conflicted? And he actually sh- shared some notes from when he was a similar age in his thirties with. Um, with Tony Robbins he'd, he'd studied Tony Robbins and it's funny because I'd started right. listening to a few of his podcasts and just you know not it's not like sort of rah-rah stuff it's often conscious sort of ways of planning your day structuring your day goals all that kind of stuff that actually yeah. does help because I think there was a natural going through university that you you sort of learning and developing almost by sort of inertia like you're in the stream but then I think you have to you have to almost start swimming did you find that as you get older it's like you have to be more conscious about it and focused yeah, I, I, to be honest, I've, I've not, I've not changed the way that I go after things that much. It's just that I, I'm just spending more and more time trying to add and trying to just mm. maybe just strengthening depth my my mind and and uh, you know we can all say the right things and uh, and and portray that we you know uh, that we want to live a certain way, but. 
I just feel as though it has to come really from within. When, you know, it's interesting what you say about when you got to your 30s. When I became a dad, that's when my mindset completely changed. Yeah. I I used to be that guy that used to think, oh, it's never going to happen for me. Oh, that I'd love to do this, but it's never going to happen. I'd look at other other trainers having success with fighters and think, oh, that'll, that'll not happen. Oh, I'd love to have a champion. I'd love to. Mm. And, and I never kind of believed that it would happen to me, even down to stuff where um, I would watch, you know, the Sky Punditry team and things and just say to my wife, oh, I'd love to do that job. Yeah, That'd be yeah. wicked, that. But that'll never happen for me. But when, when I became uh, a dad, my daughter was, was my firstborn. When, when she popped along, Mm. um it completely you know people always say it, yes it does change you it, yeah. but it completely shifted my mindset is that being chucked over a waterfall isn't it i said to someone recently yeah experience is like yeah it's a different yeah level. but i didn't I, I never felt you know when people panic before they're going to be a dad or they oh, mm. I don't, oh my goodness. And i'm gonna do i was never nervous i wasn't nervous about it like that but i, I knew that i'd handle it but i'd take it me on stride but i my, my main thing was i had you know, my, my big thing is, is that I don't want to be where when I'm gone, I've got nothing to leave to my kids to give them a leg up in life because life's just getting worse and worse, harder and harder. It's harder to get on property ladder. It's harder for kids to, you know, mm. strive out on their own and things like that. There are so many pitfalls for kids. Um, and then there are so many temptations to when they're struggling to go for easier money. Mm. And, and I don't want my kids to have to be in that. And I don't want to be where... When I'm gone, I've got nothing to show from. So I, I hit the panic button there. I thought, wow, I'm, <laughs> if anything happens to me, I've got nothing. I've got nothing to, you know, nothing but debt to really pass on to my kids. Yeah. And so it, it, it changed me up where I've always been a grafter. I've always been an hard worker, mm. but I kind of like put myself out more where I'm willing to be more uncomfortable in order yeah. to get where I need to be do you know what I mean so yeah. did you again, did you feel so liberated that, by being a parent in a way because you'd had to worry yeah. about yourself less that you it became less about you I think in a way I found that easier in a sense that your ego is not involved as much and you're like right I just that's have to right. do this now yeah yeah that's right that's where yeah yeah whereas um you me I, I would be nervous about everything that I did you know mm. talking to people doing all sorts that's why I never thought that I could do the stuff that I do now once mm. you have uh a, a goal and a purpose that's bigger than yourself um then it kind of it takes your feelings out of the way so whereas say for instance um uh, if i you know somebody used to come along and just want to do an interview with us yeah then i would have been nervous and things like that because i was thinking about how i would look how how you know how people are going to perceive me now once i think once you become a dad you don't really care what people think about you. Because no, um, they'll about, bring your ego down as well anyway, won't they? As as yeah, they yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because it's it's like no matter how, if you have a bad day, if you, you know, these that you look at social media and, you know, people are tearing strips off you because you've had a bad result or whatever. Hmm. The minute you walk through the door, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because my kids don't care about whether, you know, obviously they, they, they love my fighters I work with, they know them, you know, so so obviously they get upset for fighters if they if they get beat. But what yeah. I'm saying is they don't they don't care whether dad's on telly or not. They don't care whether dad's successful <laughs> or not. You know, when, when I walk through the door, I'm just dad, you know, it's nothing to do with what the public want to see you or, or public want to criticize you or, or big you up or whatever. I'm just dad. So you know the big the big help is because i'm quite emotionally attached to to fighters that i work with so yeah. when somebody gets beat and when i'm driving back you know say for instance it's in london or whatever and you're driving back and now two hours three hours in the car mm. you're upset and you drive and you drive all the way back and i can't wait to walk through the door because when i walk through the door the kids make you feel better like it you know and, and it, it just this is what i'm saying is it, it completely changes your, your focus and your mindset so you are willing to do things that um, perhaps make you feel uncomfortable in order to provide a, a living that can look mm. after the kids and the dependents that you got. So, it, you know, it completely changed my mindset on on, on everything, really. Yeah, it's that, it's that sort of losing that fear of failure in terms of in, in yeah. the need to achieve, isn't it? But I think it's, like you say, it's not overthinking it. Do you think, is that was that the clarity that that brought? Do you feel yeah. that when that happens internally and people, you know, People will be very sceptical of things like the, the secret that you sit around and things are going to come to you because clearly you've worked hard to designate goals. Mm, but yeah. do you find that 
when people make an internal switch, other people notice and there's more of a sort of magnetism around you that, that people believe in you more when you've made that switch? Yeah, perhaps so. I, th I, th I think that might be, I think that might be it where, where people give, I, I always talk about this with, with, my, with my boxers. I talk about with my kids, especially my little boy, because he's, he's wanting to go into sport. Um, you, you, can, you can talk as though you're confident and you can pretend to be confident by saying the right thing, saying the things that you see people, other people say on YouTube and other people say in, in yeah. interviews, and you, you, you collect little sound bites as you go along. But if, it, if it's just being spoke to portray confidence, it's not the same as having that inner confidence. And when you have an inner confidence, you people do pick up on that. People mm. do pick up on that. Um, it's not it's not quite being bulletproof, but it's this. I always say that the battle for me and and where it clicks for me, um, and, and it's not not it's a massive part of happiness. I think is yeah. um, being comfortable in your own skin. And I think once once you achieve that part in, in that point in life where you are comfortable in your own skin, then you are kind of bulletproof because that's that's what helps you cope with the criticisms. That's what helps you cope with the, the amount of abuse that you can get online, where you know, especially when it comes down to your your, your physical appearance, whether you you know whether you're overweight, whether you're underweight, whether you're short, whether you're tall, you know, whatever whatever you've got physically that people like to target on. Um, if you're comfortable in your skin, you handle that so much better. Whereas yeah. if you do have a hang up on, on about yourself, if you're not quite confident about that, you're not comfortable in how you are, then that's when those things really do pierce you and really do take a hold of people and, and you know, plunge, you know, can plunge people into really bad, bad and dark places. Yeah, you're right. I think people, yeah, people can almost tell what your insecurities are, whether they're physical yeah. insecurities or, or or other insecurities that you have about your other yeah. other capabilities. That's really interesting. Listening to you talk there, it resonates and, and reminds me. Actually, we had Johnny Nelson again on the podcast recently, and he was talking about the influence of of Brendan Ingle. And I know you trained at, yeah. at the Winker Bank as well, and he said that Brendan's philosophy was to make you come to terms with who you were whether you were happy yeah. with the identity whether what what people's perception of you was though not people the wider public but people who knew you personally what they would say about you was that was Brendan influential in, in you evolving in that philosophy and becoming comfortable with who Dave Coldwell was before you went on in life yeah because what what Brendan used to do I mean it, when you first joined that gym it was a bit of a shock to the system because mm. I I so I was I was 15 when I started there. I had zero confidence. I was a kid that get bullied at school, um, get a real hard time and, and bash up at home. And when I walked into that gym and then <laughs> Brendan starts, he's calling everybody names. So like, listen, there's a mix there, a, a mix of uh, ethnicities, race, religions, colors, everything. Yeah. There's a complete mix. And when he's calling the names that he's calling, you're thinking, well, this is like being at school. What, what's yeah. this about? But what it does is it puts you, it puts you into uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And you become familiar with those uncomfortable situations because he would, uh, uh, you know, part of his teachings would be at that point, it was, we used to do exhibitions in the prisons. Wow. And he would always say, there are, there are so many ex-boxers that would be in, in, in these you know in these prisons you know on 18 months uh, terms and things like that sentences and things like that because they would have reacted to what somebody said to them what somebody called to them somebody insulted them you know mm. and because they reacted that their lives actually taken away from them you know and yeah. and so by brendan making you comfortable in your own skin and, and comfortable with, with what people are going to say to you it kind of bounces off you so you don't react so the bigger picture is Yes, somebody may think less of you because you're walking away and they're not getting that bite that they, that they wanted you to. Um, but ultimately, your life's in a better spot because why would you want to impress this guy and show that you're an hard man by reacting to him and then ended up chinning him and he hits his head on, on curb and then you're locked up for years because you react to something that he was saying detrimental to you, that why not just build that 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 yeah um substance to yourself where you you, you know you, you can handle what they want to call you, you can handle the, the the little bits that they want to pick at you it's, it's interesting you, you talk about brendan using sort of 
questionable terminology to describe people in the yeah. gym. And, and, and Johnny said that actually, and he said that, you know, he would not be um, celebrated in the modern world because we're quick to no, jump on, which no. we're quick to jump on terminology, but maybe what we don't look at is intent. And Brendan's intent yeah. was positive. Do yeah. you, is that, is that something that resonates with you at the moment? Because obviously oh, you're, God, yeah. you're, you're of Indian heritage. And do you feel that, yeah. that people are sometimes getting called out who have made mistakes, whereas other people who are, maybe virtue signaling it, uh, maybe got, you know, darker secrets that, that they're dealing with. And there's a sort of holier than thou attitude. Yeah, there's a, there is a, a, a very, it's about context. Mm. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to do with um, uh, racism, with bigotry, with, with all sorts of different types, uh, but it, it, it depends on how it's portrayed. Um, mm. And I think if it comes from what it doesn't, it doesn't have to be racist. It can be anything. If something comes from a place of hate, and uh, and and a play, and if it's said in a way to dis, to to destruct somebody, to destroy the confidence, to strip away the confidence, to insult, if it's said in that manner, then it's wrong. Mm. But there are terms that it's like I said, Brendan. If you if if they'd have brought in a camera, and if it had been in today's world, and if you'd have seen, if you'd have had a camera on the wall, and the stuff that Brendan would say, and how we was we was brought through in that in that system he would have been vilified and people have been you can't do this you can't say that blah blah because that is your instant reaction but there's method behind the madness mm. and and what and, and like i said we would have people in that gym that when they came to the gym were racist and mm. they were openly racist they would say you know brendan had them in front of you and it, it kind of like introduced them to you and you to them Wow, and you know, it, it'd be like uh, to the other fellow, "What's what's your name, Mark Thomas? Um, how long have you been coming here? Um, a year. Tell him what you were when you come here. Tell him what you didn't like when you didn't come here." And he'd say, mm. "Didn't like blacks. Didn't like Pakis. Didn't, you know, it, it, that's how he'd say it on uh, straight in front of you. And, wow. he, and if you're a new kid, you'd be looking at him, whoa. But then, then he'd say, "But what have you learned since you've been here? Yeah, we're all the same." Yeah, we're all the same. Wow. And then this this is the power of what he was doing. Yes, yeah. it would it would make you think, whoa, hang on a minute, what's what, what's all this about? But the end product would be is that the amount of people that would openly admit that they were racist when they was when they came to that gym, that now you're knocking about with them, you're sparring with them, you you're on sharing the bag with them, you're chatting with them after you see them, you you'd be out with them. Yeah, you'd be socialising them. Really? It completely break down the, these walls and these barriers. Honesty was the sort of the the feel of it then, wasn't it? In a brutal honesty yeah. at times, but yeah. that's but that yeah. is better than than sort yeah. of just lip service. It's, it's educating. It's educating. It's, it's when because what happens is is people people have this fear of of difference, but then when you when you walk through the boxing gym doors, everybody is the same. We all do that, you know, we all do the bags, we all do the footwork, we all get in and do a shadow boxing, we all get in there and spar. And then when you spar, and initially when you've got these guys that just want to, you know, are racist or whatever, and both ways, we had we had we had blacks in there that were racist towards whites, mm. you know, and it and, and again that changes. And when you get this this mix that go in there, and then you have these spars and you have this, this, this then it starts with that respect. You know, because yeah. you're sparring with each other, you have that respect. Oh, good round, yeah, yeah, good round, yeah, yeah. You know, at first, I remember yeah. people that won't want to touch gloves in the beginning, yeah. And then they're having a cuddle and they're around <laughs> and stuff, and having a laugh. Like, and stuff, you know, it's, it's but you've got kids. It's like rediscovering what everyone knew as kids was, which was yeah. we're all the same. Humans are humans. Yeah. You see kids play with different kids in different backgrounds. They're not bothered. They're not even noticing yeah. it. And then, then somewhere along the line, we get this this sense of tribalism, this fear that that grows up, and actually. The science now says there's no such thing as race. It's just, you know, things like skin color are based on where your immediate ancestors lived in terms of sun exposure. And it's, it's very simple to say, but then it's, you have to live it to, to sort of reawaken. But it's reality. education. It's, yeah. It's education. And, and you can be educated in a bad way or you can be educated in a good way. And that's, that's ultimately what it is. And, and just because somebody is, is, has been brought up and been educated in a, in a, in a bad way to hate, to, to, to not like somebody simply because the way that they look rather than wait and see what they're like as a person, mm. you, you have to retrain them. It's, it, it's, that, it's like rehabilitation. You have to re-educate them. And 
it's just listen there are bad people in whatever race there is mm. just like there are bad people in whatever job there is it's like when people go on about police and oh police all police are no not all police are but there are elements because it's the same in, in every walk of life it's, it's human nature so mm. ultimately you have to kind of judge people on how they treat you not what not what the collective are do you know what i mean and and again it's, it's education and it's patience and while ever while ever there are people out there that are trying to educate people and and and, and are willing to put in time to people that sit up, most people are just said are lost cause you know and i'm talking about people that were in there that, that were in and out of prison and things like that you know boxing has changed lives because of that you've had people that would have been bad bad people and they've changed their lives through boxing through sport not just boxing but sport yeah, what yeah. did bo- what did boxing give you then as your career? Because obviously you won a, oh, a got central area title, didn't you? And you retired pretty young as well, didn't you? Did you feel like you'd learned from what you needed from it? No, no. My my, I don't like I don't really like speaking about my boxing career because my boxing career was crap. Basically, um, I didn't achieve what I wanted to. Um, I just didn't have the confidence. Like I said, I would go to school, people mocking you, um, degrading you, bashing you up telling you you're useless you're worthless then i'd go home and i've got my mum doing the exact same thing when you when your mother's telling you that you, you you're a mistake you're never going to do anything really? um you know yeah when you've got somebody that's just like we talk about building confidence you can mm. strip away confidence and, and basically i had zero confidence so when when i was walking to the ring everything's a process everything's you know everything takes time and just like it can take time to strip away somebody's confidence, it can take time to build somebody's confidence. And in the time scale that I had from starting boxing to, to finishing boxing, I'd not developed, I'd not grown enough as a person. And uh, yeah. where I, I would walk to the ring thinking, what are you doing? You're going to get smashed. Yeah. You, you can't do this. You can't. You know, I'd look at a crowd, I think, oh, I can't box. So over, overthinking it, which is the key, problem in any yeah. walk of life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah 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 100 percent. in the gym i was very good and you know i i, I like very good uh, i look great have you but, spoken to spencer Fearon about this because he talks a lot of similar stuff i don't know about his career as a boxer well, great funny, fun, funny enough funny enough spencer Fearon was one of the big big factors in in me changing how i looked at things about positivity and and how mm. i saw myself he was a big big factor in that because he would always talk to me about it and oh you know just just having somebody that's on the end of the phone or when i saw him you know just 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 build your confidence and just change the way you see things so he was a he was a big factor in that for me but Mm. yeah going to the ring i I would never believed in myself so i am yeah i won a title i won an area title um and I, I, I boxed some good kids, you know. I, mm. One of one of the best fights was I boxed in Spain against a guy that won a world title his next fight. I dropped him twice and lost on points in a 12-rounder. Um, but ultimately, I did, every, you know, I, I boxed four rounds, six rounds, eight rounds, 10 rounds, and 12 rounds in a foreign country with national anthems flagged yeah. all top of bill on, on TV. I've, I've, done, I've done most situations in boxing, so I use that as experience towards when I became a coach. Mm. But I, I, I retired because um, uh, I simply I, I fell out with, with my manager at the time. Uh, it wouldn't release me. I'd only just signed a, a three-year contract. Um, and so I sat my contract out. And in that time, I'd started training kids. And then I was 28 when the contract come, come up. And um, I thought, well, I've got a choice here. I can either go back to what I was doing and, you know, am I going to, am I going to do anything great or have these kids got a chance of doing something great, better chance. So I stuck with the coaching and, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did because I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I have more of an impact in what I do now than what I would have done if I'd have just gone in and just done, done my, you know, my own thing, my own career for boxing. It's key to know when to leave boxing as well, isn't it? Because there's people yeah. who can't and then there are ramifications. As we're seeing, even you're yeah. a football fan as well. There's a big debate around football and heading the ball. But in boxing, it's been yeah. known for a while that obviously suffering a lot of head trauma isn't great for you. And yeah. if you've learned what you want to learn and achieve what you feel like you can achieve, then it's 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 worthwhile having the clarity to step away. And I'm sure you talk about that with your your current crew. Yeah, yeah I want them to, 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 to get in, get to the top as quick as they can, earn as much money as they can as quick as they can in a short amount of fights as they can and then get out mm. and that's that's ultimately what you want to do um 
once once you've satisfied your desire and once you've um once you've secured your family's future then there's no need to stick around you know all all that's left is ego just just for your ego that's it you know it, it was a big factor with why i wanted tony to retire as soon as soon as he books hey i want him to retire because yeah he secured his family's future he's already become world champion you don't need anything else mm. and and just get out but obviously the first fight with hey he didn't he didn't have a conclusive ending as such um so we needed to have the rematch so i understood why i wanted the rematch there you go and then Obviously, the Usyk fight. When Usyk called his name out in the ring, I was like, "Oh no!" Because Tony, Tony was retired then. He was on yeah. holiday and he retired. But I knew he was on holiday, wasn't he? Was he on holiday when he saw yeah, it or something like that? He was yeah. on holiday with yeah, he was on holiday with his missus. And I, but I knew as soon as Usyk called his name out, I thought, "Oh God, he's going to go again." But I understood that because it was for everything. It was the pinnacle of the sport. But yeah, yeah I, I I want my fighters to 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 not stick around too long. Just. And- Get that in, ending against the, the ending against Usyk for Tony Bellew was was a conclusive yeah. um, informer for him, wasn't it? Of of where Usyk was yeah. and where he was. As, as, yeah. as masterful as your tactics were that night and how well Tony did at the start of the fight, I think he could yeah. retire at that point, feeling that he he knew that that Usyk had maybe nothing else reached another yeah. level. Yeah, nothing else. Yeah, no, nothing else to do. Nothing else to give, and that's very very important. That that's for fighters. That that what if that oh I should have done this I should. When you've got that eating away of you, that's that's what can give them sometimes a little ember that's still burning away in you. And mm. all it takes is somebody to say the wrong thing, the right thing, and that flame can start igniting again. And then all of a sudden they want to fight again. Yeah. But whereas if if there is no question in there, and if you know that you've done everything, given everything, and you couldn't have you couldn't have done any better, then it's a little bit easier to walk away. Don't get me wrong, it's still an adjustment and changing that lifestyle that you've done for for all your life that's a very very difficult process but it at least it's easier for you to walk away because you know that you, you couldn't have done anything any better and what i what i like to say is when people talk about coming back if you come back now can you outdo realistically can you outdo what you did before mm. because if you can't what's the point in coming back yeah which is a pertinent point. Yeah. It's a pertinent point for those matches with David Hay as well, because you were part of the Haymaker yeah. camp previously. Yeah. And David Hay was one of the most, I think, phenomenal athletes, particularly at Cruiserweight, that we'd seen in British yeah. boxing for, for a long time. But maybe it was to do with his physiology, that the, the, the basis of his skills, that maybe those waned earlier than most. But he did walk away for a number of years, didn't he? And I think, you know, in a way, it's a bit like I was talking about. I had Colin Hendry on the podcast, actually. I'm going to put it out soon, the, the former Blackburn defender. And we were talking about Ian Rush and people that, that maybe with strikers, yeah. it's more palpable in football when they go on too long that they can't yeah. score goals because they can't get to the places they need to be. Yeah. And um, it was like that with a little bit, it seemed, with with David Hayes. Some of those, that type of boxer is almost harder to watch as, as they age, isn't it? Because it's almost like someone flicks a switch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you when you're talking about top level sport as well, you're talking about fractions, minute fractions. You know, the difference between success and 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 I don't like saying failure, but success and not reaching it, it can it can be it can be so minute and timing. Uh, just you know, you're talking about a striker. When you people talk about that half a yard, they lose that half a yard. You don't even have to be that half a yard. No. It's just that little little bit less than that, you know, and just by not being able to accelerate that 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 point, that react at that point. Same as in boxing, if you don't if they can't react at that same speed, yeah, they get hit with more shots than what they used to get hit. And when they don't, when they can't explode at that same same velocity and that same speed, they ju- the punch just don't quite get them. The timing just slightly off. It it can be so so minute and. Age, one thing you can't do with age is you can't you can't cheat it, you know, you can't mm. stop it. It comes to us all. We can we can age better than others, but ultimately, you know, the, the clock's the clock's ticking. And there are certain things that you, that we will struggle to do as we get older. Mm. Um, we can still still perhaps do them, we just can't do them as well. Yeah. Do you still play five side football, by the way? You still enjoying that? Well, when we can, when we can um, get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I've not, I've not been able to as much because the nights where, where it was my little boy basically plays football for five nights a week. <laughs> so, he's good. So, my, yeah, yeah. so, 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 but my life's taken up by that because I'm at his football training where I can't play football myself. So I, I'm struggling. I can't, I can't really play as much now. Um, mm. I have a kick about with him all the time, but, 
Um, no, I don't. I don't get to play like I used to. I loved it. I, I, I really. I, I love football. I love football. So, um, I, I used to love that. It's a real, real good. Uh, it switches off from from the stresses yeah. of everything else. Yeah, I find that. I mean, I've been jogging at the moment, obviously, but I really miss my yeah. indoor five aside. Just because you're going for an hour, yeah. you'd, you'd sweat your guts out. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to think about anything. It'd be like you know, people talk about no. meditation, but for me, that is a lot easier yeah. than meditation to yeah. switch off. Yeah. Do you know what it is? You, you, when you play football, you go back to being a kid. Yes. You have, you've got the same emotions as a kid. It, it's a, it can be a kickabout with lads. It don't mean anything, but you've got that, you, you're that same cocky, <laughs> wanting to win, like, like in your face kid that you was when you were playing football as a kid. You know, like yeah. that, that same desire, that same, you know, that, Arguing and you know, it, 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 you know, arguing. Yeah, cross line, it cross line. I scored. Somebody takes a deflection. No, it's my goal, Mike. You're still that same kid. It takes you back to your youth, and, yeah. and it, you forget about the you forget about all the the tough the tough elements of being an adult and and the real world. Yeah, and you feel in the moment, don't you? Which I think is an adult yeah. is harder to achieve. As a kid, you you constantly yeah. kind of live in that in that moment. You're not really thinking about yeah. tomorrow or yesterday. Whereas an adult, you can get yeah. you can sometimes get a bit lost in in that thought process. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's interesting that sort of with the dynamic with your son as well, because you're very candid about your mum, and I know that's difficult. And I think yeah. I had a challenge. Interesting because most people have a lot of men have challenges with their fathers. But my dad had a challenge with his father, but my mum actually was more of a combustible relationship with me. But I think actually she had a lack of self worth. Again, it's it's a heritage from her mother, a relationship with her mother. And I remember you almost had to go for external sources for that sense of growth and that sense of self worth. And when mm-hmm. you've got it with your boy who is a really talented footballer and people can see on mm. social media, just a young lad, but, you know, head and shoulders above a lot of the kids he's playing with from what I've seen. And actually you have that balance now between trying to give him self-worth where he is a hundred percent worthy, whatever he achieves, but also encouraging yeah. him to, to fulfill his potential. How, how, how do you ride that balance? Because what you don't want him to feel like is unless he makes it, he's not going to, no. you're not going to feel validated in your eyes. No, it's, you know what? I, I learn, I will never ever tell you that I think I'm any good at being a boxing coach. I will never say I think I'm good at working for Sky. I'm good at being a boxing manager. I'll never tell you that I'm any good at any of that. But what I will 100% stand by myself in is that I'm a good dad. Yeah. And the reason why I'm a good dad and I know I'm a good dad is I learn what not to do. Mm. I learn what not, how not to make your, your child feel. So basically all I've done is gone the absolute flip side of it so yeah. i was made to feel <clears throat> i was made to feel worthless and i was made to feel so i, I cannot do anything like i, I seen you, you can't do this you can't do that you won't do this you won't make anything you like i i was made to feel as though i wouldn't be able to go out and do anything mm. i want to make sure that my kids feel as though they can go out and do absolutely anything that they put their mind to it yeah. The one thing that I've always had is I've had a work ethic and I've, I've always, always been willing to work hard. And I've, I've got, there's, there are many people that are better than me at everything, but mm. there's not many people that will have a better work ethic than me. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I stand by. And that's one thing that I will always say to my kids. If you're willing to work harder than anybody else in the world, why can't you be the number one in the world? Mm. And uh, my my daughter with her music, she's chasing a dream with her music. She produces, she writes, she, and now she DJs. Wow. And she's she's very very the good. Full package, she, yeah. She, she, yeah, she's really really good. Um, and she's she's confident in what she's doing, but she'll mm. work hard at it. And when she flicks a switch, she's 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 got a different personality to me. Son, she's kind of that that that. She's a sixteen year old teenager. End of day. Um, and but when she goes into when she goes into a room and she gets a a, a music stuff a laptop out and things goes into the studio she's just like switches it on and she's yeah she's brilliant and and the guys in her studio think she's phenomenal so she's got that but she understands that she's got to work hard yeah but she understands that why can't you reach for the stars you know Mm. people people say oh yeah but make sure you do this make sure no reach for the stars and and you, you, you mentioned the football, how important they just retain that sense of, of love and passion for it. Because the interesting thing is to Colin yeah. Hendry, he still loves playing football, which is great because a lot of yeah. ex-footballers I speak to have reached the heights. They kind of don't enjoy playing much. It was a job for them. It became a job. It yeah. became you know, a source of income, a source of pressure. Yeah. Whereas actually, he just loves kicking a ball still, Colin Hendry, which I thought was yeah. refreshing, actually. Yeah, and that's what that's what I said to my son. I, you know, we So my little boy, when it's, when it's football, when he's training, 
or when he's training with me, doing doing sessions with me, and when he's playing matches, he is like a little man. Mm. People can't believe what how he speaks, and you know, he, he could sit there and talk to you about football like a man, and that's how he is. But then the minute we stop playing football, the minute we stop, you know, doing any training, we come away. He, I have him as his, as this little nine year old boy. He's got he's, he's full of cuddlies. I just go and watch cartoons. We just watch cartoons. We watch funny films together. We watch. We just. He's just a kid. He gets his cars out. His toy cars. <laughs> he loves. He loves. He loves Formula One. And yeah. he sits there and he'll, he'll watch Formula One practice runs. And I'm like, what? It's the full <laughs> full practice runs. He'll watch them all. And then he'll watch the full races. And, it, yeah. and I I can't sit there and watch it all. He watches that on his own. Yeah. He loves it. And then he gets his little Formula One cars out. He collects Formula One cars and he collects oh, cool. them and he plays with them. So he, he's, he's a kid. And yeah. I have him as a kid and we laugh all the time. Our family, we laugh all the time. Mm. And we, we take the mick out of each other. We have such a good laugh. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there, it, there's a sort of, there's a, there's a myth in society, isn't there? I feel that like you have to be serious. You have to think about things all the yeah. time. You achieve things. You have to be, you know, no, down and no. down. And it's, the, it's the opposite often. You go with the flow more when you're, when you're just relaxed. And having but that's, that's where, what, what happens is, and, and don't forget, I've seen this with kids, developing kids in boxing, when yeah. they come in as kids from six years old on upwards. I saw it when I was a fighter alongside loads of kids that were at Brendan's and you'd see the parents that, you know, they think the, the kid's going to be a star, so they want to push it, push it. Yes, you encourage it, but they want to think it's a be all and end all. You know, yeah. they've got to, they've got to, because, you know, a lot of them come from, from deprived backgrounds. So they feel as though that's their way for their kid to get out of where they're at. But ultimately they're pushing them too hard. So then by the time the kid gets to a certain age, kind of had enough of it yeah. and he doesn't want to do it he's only doing it because he feels always oh, got to do it for his parents mm-hmm. i don't want my kids to feel like that my i i never say to my little boy oh it's training tonight it's training tonight oh we've got to do this tonight well, i never say that to him he's the one that says to me for to, when when he when i take him to bed previous night he'll he'll he's the one no matter what you know how it is give me a kiss have a laugh tell him i'm proud of him love him see you later see you morning mate boom yeah. he will always say to me don't forget training tomorrow don't forget training tomorrow <laughs> are we at least tomorrow are we at so-and-so tomorrow um lockdown are we doing a leg circuit tomorrow and I'm, i might be tired i'm thinking oh god i didn't want to do that are we doing a leg circuit tomorrow yeah oh, <laughs> it won't say our way it'll say what time we're doing leg circuit tomorrow uh, then yeah. he's, he's doing he's doing his his, his uh, zoom sessions with his football uh, with football academy is that and they'll do this this fitness session on a, on a monday and he'll be like you do it with me, aren't you? Yeah, because we push us, we push each other. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Keeps you, keeps when, you when young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but he's he's chasing me to make sure that we're doing it. So while ever he's doing that, that's fair play. I don't want to ever have to say to him, "Come on, mate, we've got to go training." <laughs> Never. He, we, we can be watching something, doing something, and then I'll say, "Right, I'm gonna go get changed." Yeah. I'll look at me watch. It's me. It's me then that looks at me watch. Go, oh, okay, because he'll do his warm ups first before he'll do his training. And so he's got his own routine. He knows how, how to do that. But he's like that with school. He yes. gets his schoolwork done. He gets. He has to be. You know, he's he's, he's excelling at school. He he wants to be the best at everything. Mm. But I've always brought him up to be to that. If you're gonna do something, give it hundred mm. percent. And I've explained to him that if you asked him what the chances are of being a footballer, he would tell you the figures. Mm. Uh, figures that you know. 0. Point whatever percent it is, our academy kids are making it, and this, 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 and all. I once said to them when they were under eights, when I was coaching the team under eights, and we had yeah. all these kids, we had we were on a, a five a side uh, pitch, but there were loads of kids on different pictures, loads of pictures. Mm. And I was looking at kids, I said, Look, I said, see all these kids there. I said, Who wants to be a footballer? They all put their hands up. I said, see all these kids there. Yeah, I said, they all want to be footballers. I said, you want it next field? There's loads of kids again. They all want to be footballers. I said, you go into every single city and every single town, there's kids like this that all want to be a footballer. I said, do you understand <laughs> yeah. how many don't make it? I said, there's only one or two that are going to make it. Yeah. I said, do you understand? I said, so if you want to make it, you have to work hard. You have to be willing to work harder than all these kids. Mm. I said, if you're willing to do that, then yes, you can make it. Yeah. And I, that my little boy will still and that was under eight now he's under 10 he will still bring that conversation up it will still yeah. he, he looks up to Ronaldo not because of not just because of Ronaldo what Ronaldo does on the pitch he watches more of our nine on the pitch 
than what he watches a Ronaldo CR7. But he'll watch Ronaldo off the pitch. He's training his, his motivational videos. He's yes. training uh, little clips of his training, his work ethic away from the pitch. That's yeah. what how he models himself because he wants to be the best. And mm. I've always said to him... Be the best he can be. Some, yeah, I suppose it's the key, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. But, but he's, he's, he understands that somebody somewhere has to grow up to become the best player in the world. <laughs> That's true. I, it's like, I, I, yeah. I, I said to him, I said, look, I said, when Ronaldo was a little kid and when Messi was a little kid, they want to be the best players in the world. Mm. And people would probably pat him on head and say, oh, ain't that sweet? Don't yeah. get to do your schoolwork. Make sure you've got something to fall back on. Mm. Yeah. Why, when, when you're looking at a kid, when, when a kid has a dream that's different to what you do, you're, you know, you're, most people have a job that's a normal, normal nine-to-five kind of job. Mm. And, but it's, it's quite, kind of security in it. When yeah. you do anything, sports, music, anything extraordinary, anything that we all look at and we go, wow, I'd love to do that. It's kind of extraordinary. Mm. So you have to be willing to do extraordinary things. Yeah. But it's a process, someday, isn't it? Yeah. It's putting the process yeah, in. Yeah. It is. But it's what I said to my little boy is someone somewhere hmm. around your age is going to grow up to become known as the best player in the world. Hmm. Somebody is. There's, yeah. there's an eight-year-old, there's it's, a nine-year-old, there's a ten-year-old kid that's going to grow up to become best player in the world. Just like there's a, there's a young kid in an amateur boxing gym that's going to grow up to be pound for pound number one. Mm. So why can't it be you? Mm. If you're willing to do what it takes, why can't it be you? If you're at that age, why can't you have this dream that if you're willing to put in everything that it takes to get there, why can't that little boy that grows up be you? Yeah, you can't be somebody. Yeah, and I think a lot of us as well, if people have big dreams, there's almost an insecurity in yourself that people can sort of deter their dreams because they can feel like, oh, if they do it, then it, it kind of exposes why you you haven't done it in a sense, doesn't it? I think that's part yeah. of the psychology at play. And I remember at school, actually, even talking about sports journalism at school to, to form tutors and saying, oh, it's really competitive to get into sports journalism. And I had a cousin yeah. who who worked on the Sun newspaper for a week and had a mental breakdown and never never worked again or something. And you're like, what? This is telling a 13, 14-year-old. Yeah. You think yeah. Like, people, like you say, there's lots of people doing it and it's, it's possible. Then what are the steps to doing it and how do you do it? And actually, there are some things like, you know, I can't play NBA basketball, probably couldn't have done because of my yeah. height. Yeah. There's things that, you know, maybe uh, are unrealistic. But yeah, to deter people, yeah. it, it's silly. And I suppose... One thing to, to, to counsel him, Theo, and your daughter about is that sort of um, the feedback from other people, isn't it? And how to process other feedback. And yeah. Know, yeah. Is it constructive? Is it negative? Because you don't yeah. want to be too high when people gas you up and you don't want to be no. too low when, no. they, when they maybe criticise you. If that criticism yeah. isn't, isn't factual and isn't objective. Yeah. I mean, and the, the way that I handle that is that I always say um, we're human. So you can't, you can't, when people say, oh, ignore the haters, ignore the haters. You can't ignore it because you're human. Once you read something on mm. your social media, you've read it too late. You've read it. You've seen it. It's, it's gone into your mind. Once you've heard somebody say something, you've heard it already. You can't say, oh, I ignore it. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't affect me. But what happens is, is I always say, I'll hear it. Mm. I'll digest it. But then I'll let it go. Yeah. And that's whether somebody's, somebody's saying you're brilliant Mm. you can't once you've heard it and you've you, yes you take away from it but then let it go because if you hold it in your mind you then start thinking you're too good and, yeah. you, and then you start taking your foot off the pedal yeah let it go even if it's praise hear it because it's nice to hear digest it and then let it go when somebody's telling you you're crap and you're no good you're this that you're gonna hear it so you can't not hear it but mm. then maybe there's something to take away from that maybe well yeah maybe i could do that a bit better yeah maybe my, maybe my japanese it. work or whatever it is yeah about. yeah yeah and then, and then let it go because you can't hold on to that because otherwise then your confidence is affected. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like with, with, again, with confidence, you have to, you have to be able to, as well as, because you want to improve. Yes, you have to be able to understand that you need to work on this more. You need to work on that. I'm not quite as good at this. I'm not quite as good as that. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge when you do something great and said to yourself, do you know, as a footballer, do you know what? That pass were wicked. That oh, my touch there was wicked. <laughs> yeah. 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 I miss, I miss this. I miss that shot. I miss that. Yeah. But I did this. I did that. You have to reaffirm that confidence because if you don't, then mm. the problem is you're never building the confidence. 
because yeah. you're never acknowledging that you're good at something. You can only build com- being being confident is acknowledging that you're good at something. There's yeah. nothing wrong in that. People like to, you know, a lot of people don't like people that are confident because you know we shouldn't be confident. Well, you should because you need to acknowledge that, that you're good at something. Otherwise, you're just not going to get any any better. You're not going to get confident. You're not going to have that belief. And ultimately, all elite level athletes or successful people believed in themselves when others didn't. You know, I, I listen to like, we're talking about podcasts. I listen to to all sorts of people. You know, outside sport, Elon Musk. You know, there's a, there's a kid that 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 yeah. um, is absolutely is an 18 year old kid that's absolutely massive on on his social media. He's got something like 30 million 30 million followers, and everybody has the same sort of thing. All different people from what's alive have the same sort of thing. Other people told them they weren't good enough, mm. but they ignored that and continued. And mm. so you know, and and majority of them, they all failed at some point. There's yeah. nothing wrong with losing a fight. There's nothing wrong with losing a football. Yeah, to learn from it, and it makes you it makes you better to come back. Yeah, your 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 um your your sort of charge. Jordan Gill has recovered really well from yeah. that first defeat, hasn't he? And, and what? How do you handle that with with giving them feedback? Do you sort of tell them how it is, or do you try and lead them to learning for themselves in terms of their performance evaluation for for Jordan and the, and the other fighters you have, like Hopi Price? Do, do you know what you have to you have to talk to your fighters and talk to fighters. You know, you have to be real with them, and in before it happens, not just when it happens. And you know, I'm I'm in a fortunate position. Jordan, Hopi, you know, Lerone now, and I've I've got kids that you know, they they listen and they understand. And it's about educating a mind, not just not just doing pads and 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 bags every day. Mm. When when you come across a moment when you're at rock bottom and you get beat and you have to understand why. And if yeah. you can understand why you got beat, and if you understand the mistakes and you acknowledge the mistakes that you made, then you can improve. If you just, because Jordan wasn't well for that fight, 100% no. wasn't well for that fight. He was, he was, and, and he made the mistake initially by not telling me and by walking to the ring. Mm. But that's not why he lost. He lost because he made the wrong choices in the fight. Mm. You know, and and he made the mistakes in the fight. It's, so, it's a brutal thing about bo- it's a brutal thing about boxing because we all wake up from time to time. We're not really ill. We're not like unable to get out of bed, but we're not quite right. And I think I spoke to Luke Campbell yeah. about that ahead of the Ivan Mendy fight. He said he wishes he hadn't had that fight because he just didn't feel for whatever reason whether it was a low yeah. level virus or he hadn't slept. I know he's going through personal stress at the time, but he, yeah. said he just didn't feel like. And we've had those. You have those feelings where there's just no gas in the tank on a day, isn't it? But it's so hard in boxing because yeah. you might only have two or three days of, of big days work in a year exactly exactly and the thing the thing is when if you don't feel great in boxing and you go out there and you and, and you you get punched mm. you know and it, it, it's the worst thing in the world because you know it, it, your whole career gets set back massively and you're on the spotlight and then people don't forgive you for, for losing that fight but we're all human yeah and but ultimately you, you like i said regardless of, of not feeling great you have to acknowledge what cost you once you went in there what cost you was it the mistakes you made in the ring if it was a mistake in the ring in the, they made in the ring you acknowledge that accept that and then improve on that and that's mm. what ultimately what we did with jordan you know and then he, he's, he's come back a better fighter because of that now if he'd have just constantly just blamed the illness and just said if not I, I weren't well that's why yeah. i lost continued to do the same thing mm. then he would have got beat again he would have got beat again it's fire yeah you start, wor- been, start worrying about out the same things you start worrying about not feeling right again for the next one don't you as well which then can affect just your, your psychosomatic feeling as well i think uh yeah yeah possibly yeah possibly there's that as well yeah people that are, that are like that but, mm. but in, in terms of in terms of um Improvement. If you're if you're not if you're not there, if you're not ready mm. to be at that level, and then because you make the mistakes, because you 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 know you make those certain mistakes, or your mind's not quite right, yeah. and if you don't change, when you come back to that level, you'll have you'll make the same mistakes again. But if you acknowledge what's what what was wrong, and which is what Jordan did, acknowledge what what mistakes he made, what he needs to improve on. What he needs to to um, uh, and what he needs to add to his game, then he mm. becomes a better fighter. 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's what he did. That's what he did. Yeah, that's key, so especially as a little bit of success as Jordan was having as well. You, you have that tendency almost in a way to forget that sort of humble attitude that, that gets you through. And it's great that you've, you've, you've got him back on track. I just wanted to ask you, Dave, because you've been really kind for, with your time, but your, your thoughts on the world of boxing, we've been lucky as fans to have people like Matchroom and, and Frank Warren putting on shows and Hennessy on, on Channel 5 as well, national TV. What, what's your concern for the, the, the lower levels of the game, though? Because you've been involved in boxing at the grassroots level. You've, put, you've been a promoter as well. Are you concerned about the sort of the fighters below the sort of limelight level? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's a nightmare. Mm. Small, small old boxing, I'm, I'm gutted for those fighters. I mean, I manage a few small old uh, Boxes, um, just not small, well, boxes that are boxing at the moment on small old circuit, not with big promoters. Um, and the problem is, the career is just an absolute standstill. Mm. You know, there, there's there's no there's there's no inclination yet of when uh, small old promotions will start taking place again. Um, small old boxing, for those that don't understand, is basically um, funded by ticket sales, yeah. and you, you you know you can't um, you can't run a show without television without losing a lot of money, mm. without ticket sales. Um, so promoters aren't going to put on shows. So all these fighters are out there are struggling. Uh, they've, got, they've got no chance of, of getting a fight unless they take the jobs away from home on TV shows. But there's only a certain amount of slots and few opportunities. So it's very, very difficult from right now. Mm. And it's, it's just, you know, I worry, for, I worry for those guys at that end of the sport because... You know, they don't even when they fight small boxing, they, they don't get paid much anyway. No. So now they're not even getting that, and the career's not going further forward. Time's ticking on a career. You've only got a, a short a short shelf life as a fighter, and that shelf life just dwindling. You know, and, yeah. and so it's it's difficult time. It really is. Yeah, it definitely is. Dave, look, I really appreciate your time. Great to speak to you. And we hope to see all your, your fighters out again soon. Thank you for your time. Great insight and, and your honesty, mate, as well about your childhood and everything. I think that's really impactful for people looking to, to succeed and prosper as well. Thank you, mate. No problem, mate. Thanks for having me on. Really cool to get the thoughts of Dave Caldwell interesting guy and I think one of those people that grows through adulthood, adulthood into confidence and success and his impact on boxers both young and old uh, Tony Bellew coming to him at more seasoned age but then developing t talents like Hopi Price at the moment and I think it's clear that you have an approach to life and sport that is mutually beneficial and mutually helpful and I think that's part of the reason I started the podcast was to hopefully through the concept of sport and life like ascertain what the lessons are from sport, professional sport in particular, but just participation and, and that goal of mastery and how we can maybe take some of those attributes of, of pursuit of success in sport to other aspects of our life. So thank you to Dave Caldwell. I really appreciate that. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram as well. He, he has a few fiery spats with trolls as well, does he, Dave? So it's quite interesting to, to see how he approaches that side of things in the social media age. Thank you to him. Thank you to you for listening to the podcast. If you could rate it on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, that would be fantastic. Thank you as ever to the sponsors, Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out B&O Cheltenham, Twitter, Instagram, the website as well to get the numbers for Jason Briggs and his fine team. And remember, if you are looking to optimize your immunity, that finishing touch, once you've got the sleep, the diet exercise uh, dialed in, then perhaps just uh, in terms of living well as well, we're not going to live forever, are we? But I think optimizing our immunity is part of that kind of positive experience while we're here of living well, feeling good. Uh, you can go to cytoplan.co.uk with their association with the podcast and get a 30% discount initially, 20%, uh, sorry, 10% thereafter. Draper10R is a discount code, D-R-A-P-E-R, numbers one zero and the capital letter R. And that is at the Cytoplan website, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you're well. hope you have a fantastic weekend as well. And you're hoping you get a sense of relief and, and liberation wherever you are and the anxieties over health and finance maybe are subsiding a little bit 
And uh, I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. I hope it's helped and offered you some insight, entertainment, distraction, whatever it may be through these challenging times across the world. Thank you, guys. Goodbye for now.